The spice trade is a global venture, so you can imagine they're seeing supply chain issues in ports. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. I talked to John Brewer, who leads marketing and sales at Excalibur Seasoning. Excalibur is based in the Midwest, and they face supply chain issues in getting their spice ingredients here. The spice trade, as I'm sure you can imagine, that we pull product from all over the world and, and deal with distributors in particular that pull product from all over the globe. So that said, yes, we, we've definitely had our supply chain issues, um, both both in freight and supply. Do spices count as non-perishable foods so they take longer maybe to get to the U.S.? Yes and no. So any raw material or spice, typically we put a two-year shelf life on it. So once once it gets past a year, it starts losing the volatile oils and it starts losing the, the flavor and the punch, if you will. But it's it's definitely not something as a, a protein would be that you have a limited amount of time to, to put it to market. So there there is more time, but I would say that more than likely we're being held up just as much as anyone else is, is dealing with right now. And that's getting uh, your ingredients. What about sending them back out to your customers? Now, so far, that it, once we have the material to build our blends for our customers, we haven't had a, a whole lot of issue getting them back out, although, <clears throat> excuse me, freight continues to be a challenge. But uh, we've got a really good freight broker, and we've been fortunate to have not too many holdups with getting our product out to customers. Is it primarily trucking or is are you rail, boat? Trucking. We hear time and time again, there's a driver shortage and people are struggling getting, mm-hmm. you know, transporting their goods, but it sounds like you guys have got a handle on that. Well, it, the challenge mainly for us has, has been getting material in on the freight side and not so much back out to our customers. And I was reading an article where uh, it said that for every seven containers that are coming off of of the ships at port, there's one truck to pick up a container. So as you can imagine, that's definitely creating a backload. What about workforce for you guys right now? We're constantly hiring and, and labor is always a challenge. Has it always been this way or is this something that's pandemic induced? I think it's pandemic induced. You know, we, we, um, once we're in the years past that we were fully staffed, we actually used a temp agency for a, for a while, but we didn't have a lot of turnover in years past. And I'll, I'll say the, the last two years have posed the greatest challenge for us. One cheese factory that I was talking to said that they've doubled their starting wage. Other people are full benefits to anyone. Are you guys doing anything unique to try to get people in the door? We have increased our starting wage, and we have in, increased the wage for key positions within our production to attract new talent for sure. And we've done some unique things as well, and we uh, we have a Taco Tuesday for employees, so just to show appreciation for their hard work, and, and it's, it's the little things like that that I think make a difference in retention. Right. We hear kind of company culture is kind of that new buzzword. Interesting, yeah. So for Taco Taco Tuesday, are using Excalibur seasoning? <laughs> of course. <laughs> yes, and and uh, in turn, we we have uh, one of our local customers that um, supplies 
product for us for that as well. And let's talk about your customers. You, I mean, you guys cater to retail. You cater to people who like to grill out at home. You cater to uh, meat processors. When your customers mm-hmm. face supply chain issues, does that impact you guys at all? So, for example, you know, when meat processors were so backed up, you know, there, when there were COVID outbreaks or even like when the JBS plant had the fire, does that impact mm-hmm. you guys at all? Well, to, to answer that question, you had mentioned JBS. So they're obviously a very large processor. So when, when they had their shutdown for a time, it fed a lot of business into our core customer base, which is a small and medium-sized meat processor. So we had no issue there. The largest issue we had um, was getting them enough product and in time to produce the, the demand that they were getting from their local customer base. And then kind of along those same lines, when grocery stores, when shelves were getting empty, um, mm-hmm. and when even the meat counter was looking low, and I know grocery store delis purchased from you guys, does that impact you guys as well? So on the, on the grocery store front, we primarily deal with the meat and seafood department. And we did see a hit initially when when COVID, the, when the outbreak and the closures first started happening, simply for the fact that um, where we do business at grocery retail is behind the full-service meat and seafood counters. So a lot of those counters shuttered during, you know, during the shutdown just because it's a, it's a touch uh, business, whereas, you know, it, it, they fed that business into prepack. And then as it loosened up, and those full service counters started to open open back up again, then we saw that volume pick right back up and and then some right now it's it's as good as it's ever been for us as far as volume goes and that leads me right into asking you about restaurants. I don't know if you deal directly with restaurants and if that posed an issue. I do business with um, one regional pizza chain, and as you might imagine they their business went through the roof just because of the delivery side of it but as far as um you know your your regular fast casual restaurants we we don't we don't do a whole lot there we really by design we we weathered the storm storm so to speak quite quite well and then i have to ask too about your just at home chefs you know like people had gotten back in the kitchen during the pandemic picked up new baking cooking hobbies have they mm-hmm. been drawn to excalibur seasoning to try something new and absolutely and and so what what we've seen there and and i'll call this more indirectly than direct is that people started cooking at home that normally didn't because maybe they were intimidated by a certain cut of meat or a piece of seafood that they normally wouldn't have tried. And so they experimented with skills and figured out that, hey, not only can I cook this at home cheaper, but it's actually better than what I'm what I'm going to go out and, and get. And there's some ownership in it too, which carries a lot of weight. You know, it's it's always good to say that, hey, I uh, I did this myself when you set it down at the table for your family, right? Is holidays your busy season as far as demand? I would say our busiest season is, is right now, and that is we, we call it hunting season because it goes into our fourth quarter and throughout the history of our, our company. This is typically our busiest time of year, although we have, through the years, offset that quite a bit, and I would say that the 
our second busiest season is going to fall into the summer months when the grills start firing up. Well, I guess I didn't even really think of that. So venison, I mean, is it venison that's driving that hunting season increase? Yes, and, and we have distributors that cater to the, the smaller, the individual meat processor. What we also saw an uptick in when the shutdowns hit was that we saw folks that had maybe not picked up their gun or had a hunting license in years pick it up again and get get back out in the field. So we've, we've seen uptick there for sure. Have any ingredients been harder to find than others? I, I can say there that from one day to the next is that any particular ingredient can change in difficulty as far as being able to procure it. Right now in particular, and I know MSG is kind of a, on a no-no list for a lot of people, but it, it still goes into a lot of seasoning blends, not only for us, but there's there's a lot of products on the shelf that still have MSG that people aren't aren't bothered by. So MSG right now, we've, we've had a heck of a time getting that in and it's, it, it's affected over 150 orders that we have in our system right now. So just one ingredient can snowball and have an effect on and sometimes hundreds of products that we produce. Why is there a shortage or why are you having problems with MSG? And is it because of a growing season somewhere or weather event or is it shipping? Well, MSG, the, the, the lion's share of it comes from China. So literally it's the old saying, the slow boat from China. And, and as I had pointed out, and I'm sure you're well aware of, of seeing on the news all of the container ships that are docked out in ports waiting to get unloaded. So I, I think that that is the main driver of that challenge right now. Are you watching but, weather in other parts of the world in case like maybe a, a crop isn't doing well for a certain spice? Yes, we do. And and typically we have market reports that tell us obviously where, um, where the crops are and and what to expect, both in supply and and pricing. So I I know we've uh, we're seeing some sharp increases in pepper right now, and and it's all in, you know supply demand based. Increase in the price of like black pepper. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, and and this is all crop related as well. You know, it depends on you know the availability and and the supply and supply demand dictates price. Sometimes, sometimes I, uh, I, I wonder, you know, but, um, you, you, uh, go by what you're told and, and what you're being charged. I, I can say this, that we, we have, uh, tripled our purchasing team. And when we used to have, for, for instance, uh, one supplier on any given material, we may have three or four now. And it's not like going out and, uh, and, and buying something at the hardware store. Everything, everything that we purchase has to be spec'd out to our specifications so our blends stay consistent to what our customers are used to buying, what they've approved for their, that goes into their finished product if that makes sense. So it's, it's, it's a process. So every ingredient that when we have to go to another supplier, we have to get a sample in. Our lab inspects that sample, compares it to the lot sample from um, our current supplier to make sure that it, it specs out um, as it should. And then once we approve that supplier, then, then we can start purchasing from a, a different supplier. But lead times can be sometimes up to 
12, 16 weeks, and our lead time is at three weeks. So as you can imagine, we're having to bulk up inventory considerably. A backup to the backup, as told by John Brewer. He leads marketing and sales at Excalibur Seasoning here in the Midwest. Another story about how the spice trade has been impacted by cost increases, shipment delays, and crop yields. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.